and welcome to episode 23 of the Family Geekery Podcast. I'm Amber. I'm Danny. And I'm Chris. And today we're going to be talking about Nintendo. But first, let's talk about our weeks. Who's got anything going on this week? Okay, well, I guess I'll go. Um, so if you guys haven't known, the Disney's making a game called Dreamlight Valley. And as far as I know, it's kind of going to be similar to Stardew Valley. Um, and the early access for that's coming out September 3rd, I think. I don't know the exact date. But I do know that right now their avatar creator is available for free on Epic. So I went over there and I downloaded it and made my little avatar and it was super cute. Um, And it seems like you can just import that into the game once the game comes out. And it seems like they have a lot of cool clothing options and some cool costumes. And they even have a really cool fully customizable uh, situation where you can choose like colors and and little icons and patches that you can put on like the clothes and the backpacks and it's really neat and I didn't play around with that too much um, but it is pretty cool and there's a lot of customization and you know I love that in games so I suggest if you guys want to play around with that it's pretty neat and I'm excited to play the game when it comes out. And it's called Dreamlight Valley. Yeah. Like they couldn't even like come up with like Dreamlight Meadow or something. <laughs> they had to steal Valley. I expect I mean, better from Disney. It's basically Disney World, but with farming. So I don't know. And it, I think it's free to play, but you can pay for early access and like um, extra clothing and uh, decorations and stuff. So seems pretty fair to get the the early access and then they're going to come out with like a pixelated mining simulator called like discraft or something like that (laughs) i feel like if they were going to do that they would have done that years ago (laughs) they're a little slow (laughs) all right danny how about you i haven't done much it's been a pretty busy week but I'm on the third season of this anime I've been watching. It's called Love is War. Um, Basically about two high schoolers who have feelings for each other, but it's a war on who admits it first. And I'm on the third season of that. Have they admitted it yet? No. They're (laughs) like, every time they're like about to, they're friends, just like barge in or whatever. It's, it's a really good one. Okay. Cute. So I've got uh, a couple things this week. There is a Comic-Con this weekend that I'm thinking of going to. So it's just going to be a little one-dayer um, up north a little bit. So we might go do that. Uh, I started reading a, a book since I finished my other one. started reading a book called Press Reset by Jason Schreier. I think, I'm not sure how you pronounce his last name. But he also wrote, wrote a book called Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, which is all about, uh, he interviews a bunch of game developers, like big time, uh, you know, AAA type game developers, and talks about the grind and, and all the things that it takes to get a, a game done. And this press reset is basically the same thing, but it's more, it focuses more on how the developers will go from one job to another because they their project is over and they get fired like right away. <laughs> And they have to go find another job knowing that they're going to be there until that game is done. And then they get fired 
Um, so that's what the press reset is all about. But some really fascinating stories, one that one that actually ties into this week's episode. Uh, and then other than that, forgot to talk about last week, uh, She-Hulk started. And I've watched the first episode of that. I'm going to watch the second episode tonight. And so far, I like it. I know it's got mixed reviews, but I like it. And, and my wife was asking, like, like, what is it? What is it about that show that you're so excited about? You know, it can't just be the fabulous hair. <laughs> and, you know, so that that made me question, like, why why was I so excited about this show? <clears throat> and I think it's just because, like, all the movies recently have been pretty heavy. You know, you get the, the Infinity War and, and the uh, end game was pretty heavy. And then a couple of movies since then have been pretty heavy, you know, very serious. And then, uh, you know, even the TV shows, you either got like Loki, which is kind of just weird and strange. You got the, uh, the WandaVision, which went a little wacky and caused all kinds of chaos <laughs> in the universe. And then this show is just straight up, looks like comedy, just slapstick, goodness, you know, going to have some fun type comedy. So I think that's what I was looking forward to is just, just a fun show. Um, I'm also at the same time catching up on Miss Marvel cause I, I missed that one. So it that's also, good. yeah, it's a, it's a fun show too. So, um, looking for a little bit more lighter, uh, entertainment from Marvel right now, but yeah, that's about it for me. So we're talking about Nintendo this week, huh? Finally. Yeah. So when uh, I think Danny uh, asked, hey, can we do an episode on Nintendo games? I, I posed the question, well, what do you mean? Like games made by Nintendo or games that you play on a Nintendo? And I think the consensus was, yeah, yeah, both. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so, so what I figure we're going to do here is I'm going to give a, a little quick history on, on Nintendo. Nothing too in-depth, just just to catch us up on some some quick history. There's plenty of great documentaries and stories available to uh, to hear the whole story, and it is a pretty fascinating story. Um, and then we'll talk about our history of playing these games that we're talking about, either Nintendo games or games on Nintendo. Does that sound good, girls? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Nintendo, founded in 1889, I think most people know, um, that from their history that they started off as a Japanese playing card company, yeah. Hana, Hanafuda, if I'm saying that right, which means flower cards. Oh, and they're cute. they're a little bit smaller than uh, than our you know U.S. playing cards, and they're harder card stock, like like harder, much more durable, which is not a good thing if you want to sell a bunch because when they're durable, they just never run out, and <laughs> once you sell them. They're, they're good forever, but uh, they, they did that all throughout the beginning of their history, different uh, different cards and and stuff like that. They, they kind of drove the other companies out of that business of making those cards because those cards were, um, they were kind of related to the Yakuza gambling houses, and Yakuza is basically Japanese version of gangsters. Um, so other companies that were making toys and stuff didn't want to be related to anything that was possibly gangster <laughs> related. <laughs> so the other companies kind of stopped making them and then Nintendo was all by themselves making them. So they, they did a good business with that. Once they got into the 1960s, 
They wanted to diversify a little bit. So here's some of the things that they got into. Instant rice. Nice. Taxi service. (laughs) Okay. And love hotels, (laughs) which is defined as types of short-stay hotels found around the world operated primarily for the purpose of allowing guests privacy for sexual activities. (laughs) So (laughs) That's diversifying, all right. I mean, the Wolverine movie, I think, had some of those because that took place in Japan. So, mm-hmm. yep. So, uh, so they diversified a little bit. And then once they got into the 70s, then they kind of uh, got back into the, uh, the games business. So they started with small, small electronic games um, like the Love Tester, <laughs> which is where it's like an electronic device that a, a, a male and a female would hold on to and it would rate how much they were in love uh they made some light gun games so early technologies of of light guns they actually licensed some of that out to some of the other companies that were making you know home video games like magnavox and then uh in 1979 they opened up their nintendo branch it started off in new york and uh they started bringing all this good stuff to to America, not the love hotels, but at least the uh, mm-hmm. electronic games. Uh, they started off in 1980 with the Game and Watch, and if you don't know what that is, uh, you may have seen one recently. They they remade them. Uh, you can buy them at Best Buy or Walmart, and it's a small little. Uh, looks like a calculator screen, but it's a small little uh, game that the ones that they remade are actually playing like. Super Mario Brothers and Zelda and stuff like that. But the Game & Watch itself was very simple, like black on gray LCD technology. And they were very simple games, but at the time they were, you know, pretty pretty cool because it was electronic and that was, that was cool then. So they made 59 of those, sold 43 million of them. So they were a pretty big hit. And then uh, in 1980 also they got into the arcade market. So with the arcade uh, games getting real popular back then, they made one called Radar Scope, which was basically like a Galaxian type game. And uh, it was based on Galaxian, which Galaxian was based on like Space Invaders. So those were very <laughs> popular, popular games. The only problem is to get into the market from Japan to New York is, is not a short distance, right? They're, they're on the wrong ocean. Mm-hmm. So by the time the, the cabinets were being manufactured and brought into New York and then distributed around the United States, it was too late. Like Galaxian was already done. Space Invaders was already done. Like didn't did that. They didn't need that anymore. So they made 3000 of them. Only 1000 of them really got distributed out there and 2000 stayed in the warehouse. So they said, we need to change some things around. They moved their headquarters over to the West coast um, so they'd be closer to Japan. You think they um, would have started there? <laughs> yeah, but New York, I mean, New York's New York. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's just where, where people went. <laughs> so they, uh, they moved their headquarters over to the West Coast. Um, they took all these radar scope games, which were painted red, and they changed the insides of them to Donkey Kong because they finished Donkey Kong in 1981. And they uh, distributed those. And of course, Donkey Kong, big hit, right? And Donkey yeah. Kong, you usually see um, 
in a different color cabinet, but they, they made some that stayed in the red cabinets and those are kind of rare. So if you ever see a, a red cabinet Donkey Kong, that's kind of a rare thing because there was only 2000 of those that were still around. So, uh, so Donkey Kong, big game, uh, made by Shigeru Miyamoto. And, uh, from, from that point on, now we've got the, uh, the carpenter, which became a plumber. He was Jumpman. He became Mario. <laughs> and they just started rolling some new games out after that. And uh, as far as the home market goes, in Japan, they released the Family Computer, or Famicom for short, which was just their version of the Nintendo Entertainment System. And uh, it launched with three games, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., and Popeye. And Popeye was a big arcade game. I never, I never liked it because it was kind of hard and janky, but... <laughs> They originally wanted to make Donkey Kong a Popeye game. They wanted Popeye to run up the the building to save olive oil from like Bluto or whatever his name was, but they couldn't get the licensing done in, in time. So they made some carpenter go rescue a a chick from a a big monkey. <laughs> <laughs> so they when they finally get the licensing right, they made the Popeye game, and it was obviously never as as popular as Donkey Kong. Thank goodness, um, or else we wouldn't have some great uh, Donkey Kong country and stuff like that. So they released that. And uh, when they went to bring that over to the United States, that Famicom, it was right in the middle of the, uh, the video game crash in America. So we've all heard about the video game, the home video game crash where uh, Atari was making just a, a butt ton of games, but none of them were good or <laughs> more accurately. Other companies were making games for the Atari and they weren't any good. And uh, Atari kind of took the fall for for that crash. And here comes Nintendo with this awesome new game system. And like, hey, uh, we don't want to bring this this video game system into America that hates video game systems now. (laughs) So they called it the Nintendo Entertainment Center or system, Nintendo Entertainment System or NES. And instead of having game cartridges, they have game packs and they shape the thing to look like a VCR. So this is a thing that you're going to hook up to your TV to be entertained by, much like the VCRs that everybody loved at the time. So that's why it has that iconic look and not like a top-down you know, cartridge system. It's got the door that opens up and you slide it in. And then you push it down inside. And then you have to take it out and blow on the contacts. <laughs> and push it down a couple times. And then after a while, you have to wedge a box in there to keep it pushed down. Um, but, but that NES came over and of course the rest is history, right? Mario brothers was huge hit and, uh, everybody liked it. And what Nintendo did, they learned from the mistakes of Atari. They used a lockout chip was a special like security chip on their games that only they could make. And you had to have this lockout chip on your game to put it into a Nintendo and, and be able to play it. So that means two things. One, the game had to be approved by Nintendo so they actually had, uh, like, the president of the company would, like, play test every game, and he would put the gold seal on it. If you, you guys have ever seen the Nintendo seal, like, all the games back then, games and accessories, you know, joy pads and stuff, had a gold seal that said approved yeah. by Nintendo uh, quality seal or something like that, seal of quality. So they, they had to get approved. And also they had to be manufactured. So Nintendo was manufacturing all the cartridges, which meant that they were 
they were able to charge whatever they wanted license-wise to get the games made. So a lot of people didn't like that as far as like the, the indie developers didn't like that, but it it did make for a, uh, a better situation for the consumers. It let the, uh, the quality in, increase, and of course, uh, it became an instant classic. So that brings us up to uh, the NES hitting the, uh, the United States. And that's basically where everybody's kind of history with, uh, with Nintendo starts. So, uh, fascinating. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I'm going to start off, like I said, with just talking about some of my history of playing Nintendo games and Nintendo itself by saying that I didn't own any of the original Nintendo's <laughs> consoles, <laughs> like not when they came out, at least. I was many years behind. I had a computer. I had an Apple II computer, and it did everything I needed. Um, you know, I did all my schoolwork on it, and I played all my games on it. So I really never had the, the need for Nintendo. But I loved playing it when I went over to visit friends or family that did have it. Uh, so the first Nintendo game I actually played wasn't even on the Nintendo. It was on the Atari 2600, and that was Mario Brothers. And when I say Mario Brothers, you instantly know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yep. But it's not Super Mario Brothers. So the boop, 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 boom. That's right. Super Mario Brothers, right? So Mario Brothers, um, which you guys probably have seen. I probably made you play it a couple times. Was the one where Mario and Luigi are underneath the sewers of New York and the, the different creatures like the crabs and the turtles are coming out of the pipes and they've got to hit these things. But it was one of the early platforming games. And uh, it is it is a classic. Uh, it it brought Mario and Luigi into into your living room, and it started off at the arcade, but but it soon made it onto all the consoles. So I had a friend down the street that had an Atari twenty six hundred, and I remember playing this game on that. It's a great two player couch co op game. Uh, after that, then it was like right into the NES days of Super Mario Brothers and Duck Duck Hunt that came out. And I had uh, another friend down the street that had one of those. And then my cousin also had a Nintendo. And every time I visited him, I'd play. And he was able to, to beat the game. And I was just in awe of that. You know, I could barely make it through the levels. Uh, but loved playing some Super Mario Brothers. Uh, we saw a lot of commercials for Legend of Zelda. But I never played that game back then either. <laughs> Iconic game with crazy commercials. Just Google the first commercial for Zelda and, and you'll see how crazy it is. Nothing like what you see today. Um, but some other, some other games that I loved playing on the Nintendo, the, the, the original NES excite bike was a launch title. That's the one where you're on like a dirt bike, uh, going sideways and you're racing against other people. You got to go over like sand dunes and jumps and stuff. Uh, we used to rent some games at the video store. Uh, I used to love to rent RC program, which was kind of like the uh, the racing game that we play at the arcade, the off-road racing, but it's with remote-controlled cars. So same kind of perspective, uh, but you're racing like little tiny cars with antennas popping off of them. And that game was a lot of fun. And then when I finally did buy a Nintendo, and this is, like I said, several years after it came out, by the time that they were getting getting done selling them, so they were real cheap... <laughs> Um, the, the kind of games that I fell in love with was the, uh, the long playing RPGs. So not the platforming type games, but the RPGs. 
So the two games that I bought and I still own RPG-wise is uh, Dragon Warrior, the original Dragon Warrior, which was made by a company called Enix, and then the original Final Fantasy, which we've all heard of Final Fantasy. That was made by a a company called Square. Wait, did they combine? (laughs) Yep. Yep. I think in the early 2000s, they combined to Square Enix, which is obviously the very iconic, uh, popular RPG, Japanese RPG company that makes the Final Fantasy games and then all the Kingdom Hearts games, that kind of stuff. So, uh, so that was that was about it with the Nintendo. We would rent different games and and try them out. Uh, TNC Surf Design was an, another fun game that I loved to play, uh, so I'd rent that one every now and then. Um, but, but they were just fun. When we moved from that to the uh, the SNES, I had like virtually no experience with the the Super Nintendo. Didn't own one. Never owned one. Uh, but there was one at a summer camp that I worked at one summer. I was a count counselor, and uh, I was in my twenties, so the kids had it there in uh, in like the playroom to play with. And when they went to sleep, I'd go in there and I'd play on it. And the only game they had was Super Mario World, which was I think kind of the launch title for for that system. So I'd play a little bit of that. Then the Nintendo sixty four came out. Didn't own one of those, but uh, a friend of mine did. And he was like psycho into a game called GoldenEye. Have you girls heard of GoldenEye? No. No. So that, so that was a, uh, a movie, a James Bond movie. Ah. Uh. And that game was, now if you remember the Nintendo 64 had four controller ports on the front. That was a four person split screen. Now again, this is like <laughs> late 90s. So think about your 20 inch. <laughs> A twenty-inch tube TV split screen four ways, wow. and think how how big you can actually see. But it was like the most popular and probably considered one of the one of the greatest uh, four-player kind of shoot 'em ups. You know, it it would be the the Call of Duty of of that time period, <laughs> but just four people instead of like a hundred or whatever. <laughs> so yeah, I had a friend that was like way serious into that, and he had he had a couple young girls that that he would play against. And then I'd go over and visit and he'd be like, Hey, play some golden eye. I'm like, but you're just going to wipe me out. Like in a couple <laughs> seconds, he's like, yep, that's right. But play, we need a fourth person. <laughs> like, okay. So, so I played a little bit of that. And then, uh, from there after the Nintendo 64, we get into the GameCube, And by that time I had some kids in the house. Yeah. So I actually did own a GameCube, and, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna pass the mic over to uh, let's say Amber because you probably remember more of the GameCube. Yeah. And uh, start off with that and tell us tell us what you liked about the GameCube. Well, I didn't play the GameCube a whole lot. I remember we had one in our playroom, um, and it was hooked up to a TV. And I remember I played Animal Crossing, and I think Super Monkey Balls, but. That's all that I remember, and I didn't get very far in Animal Crossing, um, though I wish I had now, looking back <laughs> and loving the Animal Crossing series now. Um, but I, I was still really young when we had the GameCube, so. But recently, you know, I've, I've had friends that still have GameCubes, and, you know, playing Super Smash with them 
and really only playing Pikachu with the wizard hat because that was cute. And <laughs> I don't know. I think there's a meme about Pikachu and Down B. I don't know. I'm I'm not really <laughs> not really um, knowledgeable about Smash, but yeah, that's that's my memory of the GameCube. Let me let me remind you of a couple other titles that you may remember playing. Okay. The original Mario Party. Okay. Actually, not not the original one. I think it was Mario Party three, four, and five, and six. I think on the in the okay. GameCube era. So we played a little bit of that, and then how about Donkey Kong Jungle Beat? Do you Is remember that, a that drum one? Game? Yeah, that's the one that had the bongos. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, I remember the bongos. <laughs> I'm I'm a sucker for the rhythm games, <laughs> Guitar Hero, and drumming games and stuff like that. All right, um, so what else Nintendo-wise you can go ahead and take over here, and then we'll fill in some gaps as we go. All right, well, I guess the next... I guess we'll, we'll stick with plug-in consoles, TV consoles. Uh, the next one would have been the Wii. Um, and boy, did we play the heck out of the Wii. Oh, um, yeah. I remember, I don't think we got one immediately, um, but we did get one, and we played it a lot, and... We had a lot of games, um, and I remember playing a lot of uh, Mario Kart on that, and we had, like, the little attachments, the little wheel attachments for that, Um, and then we played Wii Sports and Wii Sports Resort, um, and those were really cool, you know, once you got the Wii Fit board on there, Um, and, you know, we talked about this in the My Sims, or in the Sims uh, episode but we played some my sims on there and boy i think we played just about every single game on the wii <laughs> so let me uh you you probably don't know the the business background of of the wii in our household and the the wii also came out around the same time as like craigslist existing and when it came time to buy like a new controller or something like maybe we had two controllers that came with the wii and we needed more to play like four player games it was cheaper for me to go find a used Wii <laughs> that came with controllers. And usually it'd come with like three or four controllers because that, that family had already bought all four of them. And it would come with a bunch of games. So I ended up buying, I don't know, half a dozen Wiis. <laughs> <laughs> I'd take take all the extra controllers and all the games. And then I'd sell the two crappiest controllers back with the Wii system you know, sell it back on Craigslist just as a an empty system, you know, no games or anything. So that's how we ended up with a lot of our games and a lot of controllers. And Well, that makes sense. And I may still have like five or six Wiis in our closet. <laughs> oh my goodness. We should set it back up, though. I think that's still one of my favorite consoles of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess we can, because I don't know the chronolo- chronolo- chron- chronology of... Well, look, let, me, uh, let me list out okay. a couple other Wii games okay, to... Yeah. Uh, to jog your memory. Okay. Excite Bot Trick Racing. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's actually the fourth game in the Excite series. I said that I loved the game Excite Bike. And then there oh. was Excite Bite, I think 64 was after that. When the Wii launched, there was a game called Excite Truck, which was <laughs> just an updated version with a truck instead of a, a bike. And then uh, Excite Bot was the one that had the robotic uh like animals, insects type yeah. things. We, we love that game. We'll talk of more course, about that in our racing game episode. Yeah. 
of course, Wii Sports and Wii Fit were two big ones. Uh, Super Paper Mario, do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. Oh, Kirby's Epic Yarn. Kirby Epic the Yarn. Best Kirby game. game. Also, the only Kirby game I've played, but the best one. And then, what other epic game did we have on the on the Wii? Oh. Well, yeah, I guess we had Mario, Super Mario Bros. What other epic game did we have? Epic? Epic is in the title. Epic Mickey? Oh! Epic Mickey. Remember that? Yeah. So that that game is actually uh, the first chapter of the book I told you I I was reading about. And fantastic story about how uh, Disney decided to make it and found the right developers for it and had to get the uh, the rights to Oswald because mm-hmm. up to that point they didn't they didn't have any rights to use Oswald the uh, the lucky rabbit so that's that's a fascinating story um, and and a fun game too because the you got the Wii controller the Wii moat and you're using it as a paintbrush in that game yeah mm-hmm. all right so uh, what else. Um, I was going to rewind back to the DS. Okay. Because uh, I don't know which one came out first. Um, but we had so many DSs. And because there were so many different DSs, you know, the DS and the DSi and the DS XL and I don't know. DS Lite. Yeah, like everything, you know. We never had a DS and we never had a GBA, but we had the GBA Advanced. And we had the DS Lite and the DS DSi. With those handhelds, you never bought the first one that they come out with because the second one's going to be better. <laughs> so if you look at a DS, it's big and clunky and the screen is crap. And then the DS Lite was like much better. Well, with the DS, I played um, some Pokemon. Um, and I had a Pokemon Pearl on there. And... Also played, you know, some Sims, and I had a jewelry game that I loved. <laughs> it was, you, like, just ran a jewelry store, and you would, like, take commissions and have to build the jewelry and stuff. And, like, if a sporty person came in, then you'd have to, like, put a little baseball bat on their necklace or whatever. Um, but basically, just, like, a lot of... I spent a lot of time on the DS and a lot of it playing just random games. Littlest Pet Shop, we had a couple of those games. Um, they were all exactly the same, just like in different settings. Um, did you play the Wipeout game? I did play the Wipeout game. <laughs> I would get frustrated at that game. It was so funny. We would like go on car trips and take the DS. Um, and one very interesting point in our lives we had animal crossing new leaf on the ds and i think technically it was danny's game but she didn't play it ever so you played it like one day on christmas when you got it and then i found it a couple years later and i played it (laughs) and the thing with animal crossing is you can only have one town on the save at any given point and so i tried my hardest to join danny's town and just be a resident in danny's town but 
you can't do anything if you're just a resident, <laughs> if you're just like a second player. So I went and deleted her town and started <laughs> over and played it for like three weeks straight and actually was like doing really well. And I had friends that were also playing Animal Crossing. And so we were all like visiting each other's towns and stuff. And then Danny found out and she just out of spite, just deleted my town <laughs> that I worked so hard on. You deleted my one day of playing account, so. Yeah, yeah, it's to totally, back. Fair, totally fair. Um, no, it let's, was- not, let's not undo the four <laughs> years of therapy that you guys went through because of this thing. <laughs> no, it's all fun and games. Um, I probably would have stopped playing it pretty soon anyways. Um, I wonder whose save is in that game right now. Probably mine. You probably I, made one right after. I played for a day after I deleted yours. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember I would I loved the DS because I could take it on like school field trips. And I remember doing this in elementary school. Um and you could like turn on the I don't know, the LAN Wi-Fi, I guess, the LAN connection. And it was just like everyone on the bus would play Mario Kart together. And um it was pretty fun because like everyone, I guess, because of proximity, we were all just connected and we could play against each other. And it was pretty fun because everyone who had a DS brought a DS on the field trip. Yeah, there's a great system for road trips and stuff. Yeah. And then I guess as I got older, I played Pokemon Sun and Moon, which well, I had Moon, which was like the first Pokemon game that I actually invested serious time into. Um, and then... I played Fire Emblem Fates, um, and I really enjoyed that, and I still have to go and finish it. But, yeah, that's my experience with the DS. There's one thing on the DS that I remember very vividly was, I think it was called, like, Flip Note or something. Yeah. And um, I don't know if that was the start of my animation interest <laughs> my my art interests but basically it was like basically a stop motion creation you would draw a picture hit like new page or whatever and draw another one and you can hit playback pick the like frames per second and see your little animation i remember having a lot of those balls bouncing across the screen <laughs> as much as little me could make i had a, a ds and had bought a couple games for it again as an adult so my my playing was a little bit different than yours guys but uh i would usually end up donating my my handhelds to you guys so you could enjoy them <laughs> but i had a, a game called brain age which oh was yeah i remember that like, it was supposed to help your brain uh you know stay active and it would tell you what the age of your brain was um and then a game called Elite Beat Agents. Do you remember that? You might not have ever played that. I don't that. think so. No. It, was a, it was a rhythm game that used the stylus um, to tap different dots and hold them and then tap different dots and hold them. It's kind of hard to describe, but it was a fun rhythm game. And then, of course, I had the, uh, the attachment to make the DS into a Guitar Hero. Yeah, I remember that. Which was mm-hmm. a little janky, but... Uh, <laughs> If you want to get your your guitar hero fix, um, portable wise, <laughs> that was that was the only way to do it. 
Um, so yeah, DS, pretty cool. What else, guys? Keep rolling with it. I guess the the only place we can go now is is the Nintendo Switch. And we've been rolling with that for years now. Um, but we got one, you know, I, I don't know remember when we even had one, but I remember asking one day, hey, can we get a Switch? And I remember you were just like, I've got one downstairs. You want it? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> so I got that. Um, and oh boy, what have I played on it? Um, most obviously Animal Crossing, New Horizons. That's what I spent a lot of time playing on the Switch. Um, also Pokemon Sword. Um, had a lot of fun with that one also. And super excited for the new Pokemon. Um, besides that, I have I just got Fire Emblem Three Houses, which I wanted at the time, but every single game is $60, and I'm not going to spend $60 every time I want to play a new game. Um, but one cool thing about the Switch is, you know, you can have it handheld, and you can play your Animal Crossing just laying in bed, or you can you know, dock it up to the TV and you can have party games going on or or just playing whatever game you want to play on your big screen. So um, that's pretty cool. And I've had, you know, a, a couple instances where I have a big group of friends over and we'll play um, Mario Party. Um, and um, I've got Just Dance and also Super Smash Ultimate, um, which is a pretty huge game and, and I don't have it. I borrowed it from a friend, but you know, smash is basically they take all of their Nintendo characters and just say, Hey, fight each other. Um, but you know, now there's a lot more Nintendo characters that exist than, you know, in previous instances of the game. And they also have um, like other characters in it. Like Minecraft Steve is in smash ultimate, which is crazy. <laughs> and they're, they're just adding everyone to Smash. And I think it's slowed down because the game's a couple of years old now. Um, but yeah, I mean, Smash is basically why I wanted to play Fire Emblem in the first place because I'm not super great at fighting games. So I found a character, Lucina, who I learned how to play and was like, oh, she's from a game? I should play that game. And um so that's how I started playing Fire Emblem. Um, and yeah, so the Switch is super great, and I'm just excited to keep playing more games on it. I think for me, the uh, I've treated the Switch as a, a system that I only want to play like exclusives on. Um, so for example, like right now, the entire uh, Bioshock series collection is on sale for 10 bucks uh for the switch and everybody says that's that's a no-brainer you got to get that and i think okay that's, that's pretty cool but i already own like all the games on steam <laughs> uh including the the remastered versions and i own them they just gave it out like a month ago on on epic that same right. collection and i got them on playstation 4 also so as much as everybody says, oh, you got to have it on your handheld. I think, well, that'd be that'd be cool, but I'm not going to play it handheld. I'm going to play it on a TV, and I've already got better looking consoles for the game <laughs> on the TV. So for me, it's been 
hey, show me the good exclusive. So, of course, uh, the Breath of the Wild, that's been pretty much the only go-to game that I've played on uh, on the Switch. And then I've picked up a couple other games, but but I'm still docking it up to a TV the majority of the time that I'm playing. So, uh, so let's hand it over to Danny, and you can go ahead and fill in all the gaps that, uh, that we blew past for you. Most... I've played on the Switch was Animal Crossing. Um, That was a big hit because it came out right as quarantine started. So I think the media went crazy. I think it was something we all connected on, which was really cool. YouTubers, streamers, um, everything on TikTok was... Animal Crossing related. <laughs> um, my favorite, my favorite um, town, townie, villager, person who moved <laughs> in, was Dom, the nice. Ram. And you yeah. got lucky. You started with him, right? Yeah. A lot of people were like searching. There's like a whole tier list of Animal Crossing villagers. They're just animals, but you know, can you like buy? The, like a specific yeah. villager. Yeah, there was there was a whole sub economy and people were paying real money for this online like currency. It's like I get it, but this is kind of a lot. You already paid sixty dollars for the game, <laughs> and then you're gonna pay twenty dollars for these Nook Mile tickets that you can get just for planting thirty trees. Like, <laughs> yeah, or you just keep going to islands and islands looking for that one villager. But I didn't. I didn't play that as much as Amber did. But I did definitely take advantage of that new game when quarantine started. Um, I didn't have any other games that I've played like consecutively for a while, um, except like Smash. I I play Smash with my friends. I'm not very good at it. I just smash buttons and play Kirby. <laughs> eat people and then throw them off the ledge it's kind of my strat but other than that um i i brought a switch to me to college and i have a couple games that i'm gonna try out so i'll let you know on those all right what about the other the older consoles what do you remember about wii and gamecube or any of the other ds type games that that we might have passed up on you for the wii I think one thing that I might have done more than play some of the games was make the Miis. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> You're supposed to have, like, oh a gosh. Mii for, like, everyone in your household. But I think there was, like, three of me. Um, <laughs> we had, like, multiple of each of us. I remember we had one named Jam. You had, like, 20 or 30 Miis on the console at, at <laughs> yeah. one point. I think we started, we made, like, Harry Potter and stuff. We made, like, families and, like, relationships. And then we made a Rob Lowe. <laughs> Which didn't look anything like Rob Lowe. No, I don't. We just knew he our mom liked Rob Lowe. Yeah. Gray, gray dreadlocks and we bright had blue eyes. Blue eyes that everyone loves about Rob Lowe. <laughs> and that background music while you're doing it just gives me nightmares now. Oh, come on, that's the best music ever. Yeah, that music's like a meme now, but I, I enjoyed that. I think that really shows Amber and I's um, Sims interest of 
making the sims <laughs> started pretty early um other than that i played mario tennis a lot oh yeah i forgot about that one um we fit that was cool except like you like go and like do your height and weight and stuff and then like i've seen like youtubers do it now it's like you're overweight <laughs> nice thanks we <laughs> um, the japanese that, have a little different culture than we do <laughs> yeah but yeah that's it now we all forgot one nintendo game that we all played and it has nothing to do with any of their consoles or handhelds we talked about it on the show before it has to do with the Pokemon franchise. Oh, Pokemon Go. Yeah, Pokemon Go. We talked about that? I think we talked about it at oh, some okay. point, one of the episodes. Yeah, summer of 2016. The last bright moment in this awful world. People walked <laughs> in front of cars. Yeah. <laughs> no, but people say that summer of 2016 was like the last good moment ever since then. It's all been downhill. I remember we were on vacation down in Florida yeah. and we're walking down Clearwater Beach, you know, the most beautiful beach in the country, <laughs> you know, voted, voted every year, most beautiful beach in the country. And everybody's just walking down the sidewalks with their face planted in their phone and they're tapping like crazy. <laughs> and uh, I, I get it. It was it was a, a neat game and it's still a neat game, but uh, you got to disconnect every now and then. We would be at like a restaurant. <laughs> and there would be like a pokey stop, and I forget like every ten or fifteen minutes, we'd be like done, but we're all like, wait, my pokey stop refreshes in five minutes. <laughs> we have to stop. If it wasn't for that game, we wouldn't have near the technology in those portable battery banks as we do today, because because <laughs> those were a necessity back then. Everybody had the cable coming out of their their pocket, yeah. going into their phone. That Before. game drained the battery so oh, quick. Yeah. It was laggy sometimes. Yep. Good times. Good times. Uh, I'm going to fill in one blank that we didn't talk about because, again, it's a, a system that I didn't have, but friends did. And that's the original Game Boy. And I wanted one, but I never had one. And But I love the game Tetris. And I think... <laughs> I think uh, that was like the the game that came with Game Boy, and I loved playing Tetris either in the arcades or on the the NES. Had a good version of Nint of Tetris back then, but having that in your pocket, like I remember, a kid brought it to school, and you could play Tetris like at school. And I was like, this is so cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna show you my Tetris skills. <laughs> But never had one of those. Um, but it's on my my list of uh, retro things to pick up, so I can go back and play all the original uh, Pokemon games and some of the iconic Game Boy games. You can play Tetris on the on the Switch. There's a Tetris Battle Royale on the Switch. <laughs> you can play Tetris on everything. You can play it on your your TI eighty four. Play it probably. on just dance. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was just my friends. But during the last school year, they were, like, all playing it on their phones. Like, they were having, like, competitions who could get the <laughs> highest score of. I don't know if that was just my friends, but. 
it must have been their version of the Rubik's Cube was really popular when I was in middle school. For whatever reason, just everyone had a Rubik's Cube. Mm-hmm. Cool. So uh, thank you for uh, for this episode, Danny. I think you're the one that suggested it. Mm-hmm. It was a, a fun little jaunt down memory lane. So anything else before we uh, we call it an episode? I'm surprised you didn't talk about Legend of Zelda since you were playing that for a while on the Switch. Yeah, I thought I'd mention that's basically the only only game I've invested a lot of time in the Switch. For for me, I love the handhelds for their technology. Like I had a PSP. Ooh. I had the uh, the the Sony Vita and obviously a bunch of the Nintendo handhelds. And I love the technology of them. I uh, love the portability of them. But again, big, big, beefy man hands <laughs> on little tiny buttons don't always work that great. And and I had really bad eyes for a long time. So, <laughs> <laughs> so before I get my eyeballs fixed, uh, playing on a tiny little screen was not uh, not the best for me. That's what the DSXL was for. Yeah, I always had to buy the XL version so I could see part of it. But yeah, fun episode. A lot of uh, a lot of great games, a lot of great systems, and uh, and they're still classics today. Uh, They've even come out with the uh, the mini Nintendo and the mini Nintendo Super Nintendo that have like sixty games in them. You just plug it into your TV, and uh, those are great because it's it's got crap ton of games for for i don't know they they launched it like 60 or 70 bucks when they were selling them so that's uh that's a good way to pick up a bunch of these classic games if you missed them back in the uh blowing on the cartridge days (laughs) but yeah let's uh let's send it on out to the audience and let you guys tell us what your favorite nintendo games were what your favorite systems were what kind of games you played send us an email podcast at familygeekery.com let us know Reach out to us on Facebook. Our Facebook community is growing as we speak. Uh, check us out on YouTube. We've got uh, 10 episodes now of the uh, playthrough of Stray. And uh, we're going to get some more of those coming out. And uh, popping a couple other videos out there every every week. So check that out. And other than that, we're going to leave you with... <laughs> we, we botched it so bad last week everybody's afraid I'm gonna, have to, I'm, gonna have to, I'm gonna have to serve it up a little bit better let me serve it up better so that's gonna wrap it up for this episode so until next time peace, peace out, out and geek <laughs> she can't do it without laughing thank you for listening to the family geekery podcast for more information visit www.familygeekery.com. Don't forget to subscribe at your favorite podcast provider. And until next time, peace out and geek out. I say leave the first one in. <laughs> leave it all in. Show, show the unedited family geekery. Gotcha. <laughs> Super monkey balls. Balls. <laughs>